0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Peter Coghill, Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights and this week we're discussing Nick Hare's weight.
1: So Nick, tell us about your weight. Uh, well, it's, uh, in my view, a little bit too high. So um, like I have done a few times in the past, I'm, I'm currently on a diet, uh, managed to lose about three kilos since the beginning of the year, which is good. That's on track. It's a sort of year long diet. Um And uh, I I do it very, as you'd expect, very sort of scientifically as it's all based on calories in versus calories out. I weigh myself every day. I take a sort of rolling average work out how many calories I'm allowed um, and, you know, just make sure that I'm keeping within that and then, you know, inevitably... The weight goes down i'm only interested in the weight in kilos that's the only thing i'm looking at it's the most measurable thing it corresponds to a you know a real physical quantity so it's uh you know it's a very handy thing to keep track of but my scales are quite sophisticated and they give me other data as well which i tend to i tend to ignore but i noticed that it had my body mass index it works that out because i've told it how tall i am and apparently it's about 30 and a half right which um uh, if you, if you look at the, if you look at the, uh, you know, the kind of labels that they put on these things, uh, 30 and a half corresponds to obese, which is, I don't know, I've, I've, okay, it's arguable, but I, I was quite surprised, I'm happy that I'm sort of overweight, I will definitely agree with, but I don't know, I, I kind of, when I think of an obese person, um, I think of someone who's a little bit bigger, and, um, and I, I just sort of got me thinking, why do we have the BMI, right, because it's just calculated, from your weight and your height in fact it's the square of your height it's not taking into account all the muscle that you've got all the massive beefy muscle but also i mean it's it's a, first of all i mean you can criticize the the body mass index for a number of reasons first of all it's not an index it's got units it's uh in units of kilograms per meter squared but, but put that aside uh, it it's the fact that there's also the issue that it's uh it's calculating for some reason it uses the square of your height which is mad because if you imagine shrinking me down to half size uh my mass would fall by an eighth um but the square of my height would only fall by a quarter so my bmi would um would uh you know suddenly go go down massively so i mean one of the reasons so so there's there's a there's a problem there's kind of methodological problems the key thing is why is it there at all what's the point if you already know someone's height and you know their weight calculating their bmi is not giving you any extra information. So apart from sort of spurring me on a bit and thinking, oh, flipping heck, I'm obese, I really had better stick to this, I can't... I just I. I just wonder what the point of it and other indices like it are. Okay, well, first of all...
0: Um you've you've asked a question there what's the point of it so we'll answer that question but maybe you've answered the question because you said that then spurred me on to do something so you, there you go end of podcast you answered your question it, it, it fulfilled a really useful function but hold on um i know chris wants to come in but just before you do let's just do a quick check on this because i think the bmi over obese is it at 30 where it kicks in for obese is that right supposedly okay let's just do i just of interest let's do ourselves so um
1: you're about what six two something like that what's it? no six foot and, and a, a crucial half an inch okay i thought you were taller than that anyway no i seem taller because i have such such presence yeah exactly as your
0: bearing yeah. um so chris do you, your height same, your weight? same kind of height
2: yeah okay. uh, 100, 183 centimeters
0: okay and, and what's your how do you how much do you weigh in kilos
2: 68
0: okay wow okay um so you're probably
2: you're probably underweight on the bmi i would have thought no no no, no. got quite got quite long what you've got a You've got to get quite low in weight to be, oh, to really? be classified as underweight. I have never got to that end It's hard to it. imagine.
1: But what would it look like if you were significantly thinner than Chris? You'd be skeletal.
3: Yeah, true. That's, be that's the point. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, hold on. We'll come to you. Yeah, and Peter.
3: Uh, I'm exactly one eight three centimeters as well. Is that
0: also six foot and half an inch yeah. or something? It's yeah. actually company policy. Yeah, you must be. Yeah. it's like the guards or something yeah. That, yeah. The,
3: um uh, yeah there's a very strong correlation between being allowed in elephant So, yeah um uh, what's your weight um uh, it's 94 kilos on last weighing um and I, that puts me that hovers me about the about the obese uh, uh normal range right and that's where I, i've always been even even when even a few years ago when i was cycling a lot and being very fit yeah. i was always hovering around there and okay. i think that touches a one of the problems it doesn't the BMI, one of the failings of BMI is it doesn't deal with athletic people very well. Not that I'm hugely Okay, no, people. no, well,
0: you're terribly athletic. So we'll come, we'll hold that thought. And we'll come back to that because Chris... I know, but hey, yeah. we haven't had me yet. We haven't oh. had me. So I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm exactly six foot, maybe just a shade under, but I'm exactly six foot. A big short ass then. <laughs> and then, and then I'm, I've, I've lost about 10 kilos last year so i'm 85 kilos at the moment and i want to, but that still puts me overweight actually i 85 kilos but i'd like to get to 80 but anyway i think just actually just as an aside what's interesting i know my i never do my height in centimeters it's always in feet
2: but i always do my weight in kilos but that's another conversation chris yeah no i just i just wanted to um not necessarily speak in defense of the bmi but explain why i why i think it's become an instrument of public health policy um And, yeah, just sort of uh, talk a little bit about, you know, why it might be an effective thing. I mean, first of all, like all um, things that are any good, it was invented in the 19th century. So um, that's uh, that's the first point. Um, (laughs) Secondly, I think, yes, so there are issues with it. But essentially what it's trying to do is um, estimate your body fat percentage. And in a general population, it's a pretty good way of doing that. So it doesn't take account of... um, people with a higher muscle mass percentage than the general population. So you've got Olympic athletes who are classified obese, but they've got very low percentage of body uh, body fat. But in a general population, it's a pretty good estimate of, of that. Um, and, you know, it's it's a ready way of saying, okay, for somebody's height, kind of, you know, you, you can straight away start thinking about um, a series of boxes you might put them in in relation to uh their their body fat percentage it's it's a very so you could measure it more accurately you could use um skimfold calipers uh is one measure of measuring body fat percentage uh you could look at um hydrostatic weighing where you you weigh somebody uh in and out of water and you calculate their their body density and and uh, all those kinds of things um so there are other better ways of of doing it scanning technologies as well um but for simple cheapness uh Weighing somebody and measuring their height um, is is pretty good, and then coming up with some determination about them because it's been around so long. There is lots of data built on these categories of uh, I think it's if your your body mass um, index is below 18.5, you're considered underweight. Uh, if you are 18.5 to 25, it is um, you are considered to be in a normal range. Uh, over 25 but lower than 30 is is overweight, and above 30 is um considered obese and then there are other categorizations within those such as um you know morbidly obese etc um but the point is from public health uh, um, policy perspective they're looking to essentially say do we need to take any action about this individual is this person perhaps um, subject to eating disorders do we need to you know have some intervention there is this person in a sort of warning area where we can arrest something and and bring them bring them back again, or are they in a stage where we perhaps need to take more dynamic action? And for for an industrialised healthcare system, having four boxes is quite is quite useful, and having an easy way to put people in four boxes is is quite useful. And we can all I think accept that the overall aim of of looking at uh, body fat percentage and trying to reduce body fat in an individual uh, is a health a uh, valid healthcare goal.
0: Great. I don't think you said anything there I disagree with, and I think it answers Nick's question. As I say, indeed, I think he answered it himself. What's the point of it? The point is it spurred him into action. Um, but, Peter, you were saying something about athleticism. I mean, have you, are you, you were going to say something about athleticism and not taking anything into account? Or, yeah. But um, is there anything that Chris said that, that, that doesn't tie
3: in with what you are about to say? Um, not, well, apart from those, apart from the exceptional cases, people of particularly small or tall stature, uh, people of particularly. Um, Dense uh, muscle build, the athletes and things, but they. But I think Chris's point is correct, and the, the bands that uh, that define whether or not you're a beast, beast normal, underweight, etc. They they are, um, they they're there uh, because they those bands correspond well with uh, illnesses that have strong correlation with a particular type of body type, uh, and it is a crude measure, but it it seems to work for most things. So as a GP. If you present with with symptoms, uh, and they can take your BMI, then it tells them a, quite a great deal because it will put you into particular classes of people that make you much more or more less likely to have certain illnesses. Um, and the Chris's point again that it's it's a simple measure. It's very very easy, and, and you can do it at home with with a set of scales and and a ruler. You don't you, you don't need any um, special specialized equipment. It's it's easy to apply. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that being the case, end of podcast, no? I mean, let, what what I would say, I want to come to Nick. So, either what I would say to you is is either um have you got an alternative uh, measure that you can come up with that's, that's as simple and as easy to use or tell me talk to me about something else if there is something that's more interesting than that question.
1: <laughs> well, uh actually if they if they just use the cube of of height that would be great uh i think that would just it would satisfy me because it would make sense but no i'm actually i'm fine with uh simple indices and i think gris uh touched on the key point here which is how do you know if an index is any use it has to correlate with something real right that's the key thing it has to correlate sort of in a you know empirically with the thing that we've supposed you can't measure right um but which we uh which we're really interested in so so in this case you know we think that bmi might let's let's propose the hypothesis that bmi is correlated meaningfully with um you know with things like type 2 diabetes or coronary heart disease or something and um you know and then you don't have to you know t- do expensive tests to try and measure people's um you know measure people's uh arterial um you know walls and that kind of thing because you because you have this thing that we we've, we've sort of proved through studies uh actually it's just correlated with that anyway um but i suppose that i think what happen, what the problem is when people get attached to the indicator you know when people get attached to the thing which is actually only a proxy in the first place um and and then uh you know and then and particularly if people start sort of targeting it you know if people so so you know if i know this most athletes are aware of this issue but you can imagine someone who's actually very fit looking at discovering that they're clinically obese and sort of taking action on that despite the fact that it's actually only supposed to be an indicator of 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 something and we know it doesn't capture the thing we're really interested in which is your let's say your primarily your body fat uh there are there are other indices that have been proposed like i mean apparently uh your waist measurement is 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 better it's more diagnostic actually and it's kind of easier to measure as well um but uh but but yeah i mean i mean that's the, that's the issue really It's sort of whether or not people start use start hanging off the index and uh, instead of the instead of actually you know let's say we can measure body fat if we can measure body fat accurately, which, you know, my scales do it using my skin conductivity or something, um, then uh, we don't need to worry about BMI. We don't. But, but you can imagine someone even with low body fat still thinking, oh, my BMI is too okay. high. So, you know, that that's the problem is if we're not aware of its limitations. So let's um, not get hung up on the proxy, uh, Chris.
2: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the waist measurement one's a really interesting one because, um, you know, more than your overall percentage of body fat, the way that um, adipose tissue is distributed is more important. And particularly around the the abdomen, you know, that's that's associated with um, increased risk of, of disease. Um, and, you know, I can see um, circumstances where given the way technology is going and given the. Uh, <clears throat> The lack of cost associated with processing complicated data that you we might actually move beyond the BM, BMI. You know, that BMI is something uh, relatively easy to, to well, very easy to record now, but that actually there are other measures that are going to be equally as easy to make in the future or combinations of measures. So it might be it's very easy to uh, get somebody's BMI to measure their waist to. Conduct some other measure of, of body fat percentage or some other risk factor, and jumble them all together and come up with a composite factor that is a better predictor uh, and to use that, but for the time being BMI kind of probably does its does its job
0: so it sounded like um, one of the things you were saying there is potentially there's a, a technological solution or solutions which can be better proxies and fortunately uh, we 've got a technological expert with us. Um, and Peter, you I were nodding we your head. Saying that, right? You were, you were, you were nodding your head vigorously at one point when Chris was speaking. There,
3: yeah. I think well, I think the point, the the, the fundamental point is that all these so these better alternatives to BMI rely on more data, so or harder to measure data. Um, so there's more cost involved. Um, but yes, uh, uh, as if once we're in a world where everyone is wearing a Fitbit and we're able to harvest data about how much we move around from our phones um, uh, and we're just much more instrumented, we'll be able to build much more complicated models of, of health which will provide us with uh, as simple to apply um, proxies for overall healthiness as BMI. Um, uh, and uh, when presented when, when presenting with symptoms um, that your 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 first-line health first-line healthcare care will be able to put you into a much finer bucket uh, because they'll have historical data about the population as a whole your type of po- your your class within the population but also specifically you as an individual
2: because mm-hmm. because um you know that, that i mean that's a good point because eth- ethnicity is a factor as well actually that in um certain ethnic groups the most of the data around bmi has been done in sort of you know western european north american populations or or ones skewed towards particular uh, ethnicities and they've actually found that um the disease incidence in other ethnic groups doesn't correspond with the same thresholds that you might you might have a lower BMI but be be more susceptible to particular conditions if you come from a particular ethnic group so that's something straight away you could incorporate into your uh into your data set and uh, and start uh start using
0: i mean we've got this all sewn up right i mean there's i mean what more what more is there to say here
2: well i th- i think they so i think the um the bmi itself is crude we we acknowledge it's crude but to say it is crude it's been pretty effective it's been a pretty effective tool for 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 public health um but but a fairly blunt one and i think you know we're now moving towards a stage where more individualized healthcare is possible you know much more is known about individual genetic markers of disease that you can start to start to measure um but also you know with all these wearable technologies we're getting more and more activity data about individuals and you know you can potentially measure somebody's food intake much more more accurately and i suppose it's it's implausible for a healthcare professional to look at every individual as an individual and to to, to look at all of that data but it is not implausible for um for machines to look at every individual as an individual and start to prescribe on a more individual basis and i think that's where we need to start uh you know investigating alternative um, measures and and then testing their their predictive performance of of disease
0: okay peter
3: sorry uh, well, uh, uh, drawing uh, a parallel between a simple index like BMI and another simple measure like GDP, they are simple things and they have utility and under advisement for certain pieces of uh, decision making and legislation. But where, where, where it becomes potentially dangerous and up for a great challenge is when, uh, legislation is based is imply applied quite crudely so uh, I did I didn't know this until last night but uh, in France Italy and Spain um, you can't you're not allowed you can't be a professional model uh, on a catwalk if you have a BMI less than 18 which which yeah okay so the, the, there's, there's obviously well-intentioned drive to try to make models more healthy not be so not be so unhealthily skinny but what happens if you've got a seven foot model their BMI will because of this because of the square problem. Contact the nearest circus. Actually, it's Sorry, short. Don't. I think
1: it's short. Short models who would suffer. Their BMI would because you're dividing by, weird, yeah. yeah you're okay, dividing by a bigger so, number. So
3: if, if, I, if I'm 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 lobbying on behalf of uh, models for sh- of of short stature, then then I'm going to meet this arb- sli- this seemingly arbitrary uh, piece of legislation which prevents my my clients from from, from taking part in the profession that they've mm. chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah I mean I I think
1: it's the, the there's a lot of
3: the way that
1: uh, I mean I uh, you know a lot I think a lot of us don't realize how much um the the advice that we hear and potentially follow is predicated on a lack of information. I mean so take something really obvious like telling people to give up smoking. Um that you know the the only reason we do that is cuz we can't tell whether someone is going to get uh you know bronchitis or lung cancer in time uh to uh to do something about it now if you can imagine if you imagine sort of a cancer detector that was able to tell you the minute you had some uh, you know the sort of first sign of cancer and and there was a very sort of easy relatively non-invasive invasion to remove it um in that world we could just get do away with you you know don't smoke it's it ceases to be an issue the only reason we tell people not to smoke is because we know that it's highly correlated with these diseases and we cannot cure them in time to stop you dying and and i th- actually that that's a you know just one example a lot of medical advice a lot of advice about lifestyle in general is based on the premise that we don't have enough information to be able to to um you know to actually take account of your individual case well i think that's
0: admirable aim an admirable aim and uh, i applaud that i also would like to be some technology developed that would allow me to smoke because um, i
1: really enjoy it um but i can't do well, it. well it's interesting i mean that's sort of t- i mean this is slightly related um to the uh to, to this issue of people getting hung up on the uh the index or the thing rather than the thing we actually care about is the the sort of quite vehement lobbying against electronic cigarettes which peter and i are both smokers of or should say vapors of um that that it's almost like people you know we have dis- we discover that smoking's bad for you so almost as a kind of uh in a in a sort of like a cargo cult uh it's like actually things that look like smoking must be bad for you as well you know, and it's sort of p- pubs are now increasingly banning the use of electronic cigarettes, even though, well, I mean, it, you know, and I suspect that would be happening even if you could prove that there was no danger from secondhand vapour. OK,
0: um, unless anyone's got anything to say, we we need to wrap up there. OK, uh, right. No one's no one's jumping in. so That's good. Um, Nick, quick question. So do you have an aim in you? Because, I mean, we you've got the despite... Despite being a bit dismissive about the BMI index, this has already resulted in you. This index has resulted in you losing three kilos since the beginning no, of this no, year. No, no, it's
1: nothing to do with that. No, it is. Lo- it no, is. it's not. It's looking looking at myself in the mirror and going, uh, "Flipping heck, I'm I'm fat." <laughs> that's the that's the big thing. No, it's the the I'm only looking at weight. So I get I got a target. Fine. 80, What's your target? 80, uh, Eighty-three and a bit. So oh. my 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 target, where I'd really like to get to, is is massively higher than uh, Chris's actual weight which is uh, you know
3: interesting i would i i don't think i don't know how yeah and i i've got a, i'm on a similar diet as well uh and um i i've I've since since about 18 years old never been lighter than 82 kilos and i get to 82 and i no matter what i do i can't get any lower so that's my sort of my realistic ceiling
0: because i too have i'm more or less constantly on some sort of diet or something or some exercise kick and and i my 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 long-term goal has always been 80 kilos 80.0 kilos and it has been that for about eight years
1: we're and kind of nearly never... 80 80 kilo guys but you look at chris he doesn't look like he'd I can't imagine him being. I mean, we're kind of just how clearly Chris, bigger looking. How bloated
0: would Chris look at eighty kilos? This is what I'm I wondering. Know. You know, I mean, we, I know, we need to do that. We like need to like experiment at our on very Chris.
1: Thinnest. We we couldn't ever hope to be as sort of thin as Chris. But he, I don't want people to go around thinking he looks like a kind of you know um, a sort of Biafran refugee. Or well, anything. We do I mean, feed he does, him. He does look like a normal human being, but it is extraordinary that well, certainly in know, terms of weight he does. It goes to show what you know not the variation you can get in in sort of what normal is.
3: Um, yeah. so but I, look, so I, I yep. just just to sort of finish off that point that given that there are clearly two different types of people in this room people who are around 80 90 kilos and don't look too bad for it and then people who are around 60 kilos also don't look too bad for it um th- these this is important there are different classes of people that are still healthy enough within their within that their, their own normal band so your bmi should be sort of should be more if anything more intelligent and, and, and take that into account.
1: Okay. The most important thing is that you should be you. And just
0: and be love happy your, in and your own family with yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. but
1: actually what I would say is actually
0: that of the two classes of people in the room that we talked about and we said actually they both look okay I disagree actually I think, I want, I think one of the classes of people of, of which I am one uh, don't look okay at all but um, anyway um, I just want to look like you Chris that's all I'm saying um, <laughs> who doesn't <like> <laughs> okay so we'll wrap up there thank you for listening to the Cognitive Engineering podcast I'm Fraser McGrewer, we've been here with Chris Ragg Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights and until next time thank you bye bye